I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. everybody how's it going well that's good is that what i normally say no. hey everyone how's it how you doing how you doing <laughs> well that's good welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right it's the off season it's bsh radio my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening uh we have a jam-packed show for you tonight so let's just get right into it let me introduce you to the panel charlie is holding back laughter so let's start with him that's right charlie you're up first tonight charlie o'connor from theathletic.com how are you tonight? i am so pumped to be first uh okay so on twitter last week i I criticized the edmonton oilers for essentially doing nothing this offseason and basically running it back on a club that's severely underachieved and then this offseason, they didn't fire anyone in charge, nor do they make any meaningful roster change. So I went on like a big, big rant about this. And I think it was generally agree- generally well-received. Even most Edmonton fans didn't get too mad about it, which was surprising. That is weird. Now, since everything that we talk about has to, you know, go towards the Flyers, I generally like... The what hockey the, team. The, the hockey team, the Flyers. I generally like what the Flyers did this offseason. They, they made a big addition in JBR. They let some of their more ineffective players leave without trying to, add to, to re-sign them. So that was good. But the hard truth is that they kind of pulled an Oilers when it comes to the penalty kill. So Ian LaPerriere is still coaching the penalty kill. And if it was a personnel issue and not coaching that caused the PK to rank 20, 29th in the NHL this past year, like Hextall claimed it was in the exit interviews, I'm skeptical of this, but, but sure, let, let's roll with this for a second that it was actually just the personnel and not the coaching. They didn't add anyone to improve it either. They even lost Matt Reed, who they credited with helping the penalty kill get better at the end of the year. So how exactly do they expect the penalty kill to improve? We got the same coaches, got pretty much the same players. I, I think fans have a right to be annoyed by this. I just I don't know how they're expecting this to get better because they're just running it back with the same people. Excuse me. Didn't they improve 0.7 percentage points over the course of last season, Charles? Because that's an improvement. Only up. It is better. I'm trying with I mean they they didn't get better. They didn't get better. They did a whole lot of nothing on the penalty kill and on the coaching staff and from, you know, I, I can't say from personnel because obviously they got JVR, but they're, they're doing a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah, like with, JVR, weird with the penalty kill. Like JVR doesn't, doesn't he's penalty. not killing any penalties. No, no like, but I was going to say, I was going to say the flyers of a whole, yeah. as a whole have done nothing, but that's very yeah. not true. No, this but like, as their only improvement really. And, and that's a big one. You know, we, yeah, we talked about it really like the JVR signing, but like if this team gives up an average number of, of power play goals last year, as opposed to like the most, <laughs> uh, like they, they probably have some better results. And I just like, maybe they're just hoping 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're hoping. Like that's like I, I have no maybe idea thinking, what they're hoping. I don't know what the hell they're thinking. <laughs> I mean, yes. least, yeah. Maybe it's possible they're going to overhaul the whole thing system. Maybe we're going to see more Lawton. Maybe we're going to see more Raffle. Like, is Nolan Patrick going to kill penalties? That would be maybe. interesting. Are they finally going to take my advice and put Ghost at forward on the PK? That, like, yeah, that's not going to. I mean, the idea <laughs> of you know using the good players Same. to kill penalties is you know something we've talked about before. Maybe that we it's see a wild more old idea. With Hi. the with the top six improved with the addition of JVR and uh, you know Nolan Patrick hopefully progressing, I guess we can use more Giroux. I don't know if they want to though. Yeah, why? Well, yeah. they, they, they still want to save him physically, so yeah. I don't know if they I, want, I, they want him taking faceoffs. He's the best faceoff guy on the team, but I know it's just weird. Like, and maybe who knows? Maybe next year the penalty kill will be better because they get a little bit better luck, and maybe the goalies play a little bit better, and maybe they make some system tweaks. Like, I don't know. It's just weird to me because Hextall made it such a such a priority. It seemed like in those negative interviews, like we're going to improve the penalty kill. We're going to go out. We're going to get some penalty killers, and then. He just didn't. And, and maybe he tried and he figured, well, I can't get a good penalty killer, so I might as well just solve the goal scoring problem. But at the same time, you would think the penalty kill has to be better if they want to do what they want to do next year. Now, do we know who creates? So, all right, LaPierre is in front, in charge of the penalty kill, but there does, whatever, does, um, well, now my whole train of thought is I'm gone. sorry. I'm sorry. Way to be a well actuallyer. But does yeah? Does Le, I th- is this where you're going with it? Does Laperriere choose? Yes. Who plays on the Thank penalty? Thank you. Game? Or you is know, that? Or does the coach just give him a group of guys and say, "Do your best"? My and- my assumption is that Laperriere probably has most of the authority there. But the thing is, I don't know because, and then this isn't me complaining. This is just like an interesting little tidbit. Hextall does not give the media access to assistant coaches. Yeah. So we have not interviewed LaPerriere. We have not interviewed Knobloch. We haven't interviewed pretty much anybody. So like, these are questions that would be interesting to ask them. We have not been allowed to do so. So I'm not sure. I don't I know. I just, oh God, I cannot believe. I refuse to believe that more than one professional level coach has looked at Yuri Letera and been like, yeah, I need you on my unit. Ah! I can't. Like that, that's the thing is I'm, I'm thinking I mean, about, he's a handsome man. I can get saying that to him, but not on the ice. Hey, folks, there we go. It's the off season. The Here off we go. <laughs> I, that's a, I, like in terms of who they're going to use, unless maybe we're counting on a Varobiev or an Albe Kubel, like, I don't know this, if they would put a yeah, rookie on the penalty I, kill. I don't know either. I'm just trying to think. Th- this ensures Laterra, especially with Philpola out, like this ensures Laterra he- is here every night. Well, I assume Laterra right? was making this team. I, I assumed so. he was making the team. I thought there was a chance he wasn't an every night guy if some people beat him out. But if they mm. just have no other penalty killers and he's your 4C, like it's what you used him for last year. And I. Maybe they're just crossing their fingers on the, ah, maybe we'll get better goaltending. Maybe Radko Gudis won't be terrible this year. Like, they've been crossing their fingers on the penalty kill goaltending for three years now. Yeah. Like, it but hasn't we le- improved. We learned pretty quickly that it wasn't the goaltending. I mean, I don't think it was the goaltending just because every year yeah, this, this, yeah. the, the goaltending the is bad thing. on the penalty right. kill and there have been different goalies and they all are bad on the penalty kill. Not that any of the goalies but are particularly good. I guess it's possible it could be the goaltending. Like, I'm not ruling that out as entirely. I just tend to think it's unlikely because the common thread here is the system, not the goalies. But maybe all the goalies have just been bad on the penalty kill. I guess we'll see. The fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. Oh, God, we were still doing quick hits. Well, Charlie had a good quick hit. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. Mine won't be nearly as good. 
Oh, God. I don't even have one. I, 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 uh, we are in the darkest timeline. Yes. There's nothing happening right now. No, and they played they played Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince twice yesterday, and that is the worst Harry Potter movie. I'm sorry. I know that that's not something you want to talk about. But I, I trust your judgment implicitly when it comes to Harry Potter. Thank I'm going to sit down and watch all of them one day. Well, we, we are coming I'm up on, isn't like Wednesday and Thursday of this week, like truly the two days of it's, the year where there's no sports, yeah. no North American sports? It's when the ESPYs are, that one night yeah. where there's oh, absolutely nothing. Because baseball, you have the All-Star, you the have All-Star Derby tonight, All-Star game is, is tomorrow, and then and there's then like Wednesday a Wednesday is the dead day. Yeah, the and dead maybe day. Thursday too. I saw a tweet today that made a lot of sense to me that the SBs don't make any sense because sports are the reward. Yeah. Winning is the thing that you and get for also being good like at sports. Yeah, no, they've got their own participation yeah, trophy. Every, <laughs> every sport has its own individual award. Right. Like, There's a president's trophy in hockey, even if you don't win the cup. Like, oh, you had a hell of a regular season, though. Like, there's every there's division trophies and conference trophies. Yeah, it's like the Screen Actors Guild Award of sports <laughs> award shows. <laughs> it's very stupid. Anywho. It's really just a night for ESPN to... I have, guess have, have to slap their dick on the table and be like, we own sports. <laughs> Steph delicious D Steph driver. All right. So I'm bringing the mood down here. Oh, that's um, right. I didn't want to do you last cause mine's dumb. Okay. Go ahead. Well, that's all right. We're going to bring the mood down. Um, former flyer Ray Emery was killed yesterday, drowned in a incident in a, on a boat, around a boat in a Harbor and yeah, a marina. Very sad. Um, and, and I understand why people would be conflicted about Ray Emery. He has a very checkered past between substance abuse and al- alleged substance abuse and alleged domestic violence. There's a lot going on there. Um, so I understand no matter how you feel about him dying, whether you feel nothing at all or you are very sad, all of your feelings are valid. Or if you feel, you know whatever he's just a, a someone that i don't actually know it is somebody who played for philadelphia he if he hadn't have gotten hurt could have helped us get a cup like there could have been a lot of things that went differently that season oh yeah if ray emery doesn't have some inches <clears throat> shaved off of his hip yeah halfway through the yeah. year uh flyers probably win the cup so that is something it, it was a significant moment in Flyers history, and he was a significant player for a period of time. And that's just something that we want to acknowledge. Um, he came back from that hip surgery, that hip degeneration. Is that the, the hip uh, that, thing? That's, that's what I remember it being. Yeah, the hip thing that he shouldn't have come back from. Like, that's a thing that ends careers. He And he had bone shaved off his tibia some something where like you should not be coming back and playing sports at a professional level after that and he did and he passed uh which sucks it sucks anybody dying sucks anybody at 35 who passes away regardless is not good it's really sad he appears to have been a really good teammate you're seeing everybody come out of the woodwork saying how much they're going to miss him and how tragic it is and and everyone has their own personal a, Ray Emery story it's a that's the he seems to regardless of what you feel about him personally he seems to have touched a lot, a lot in of the people. hockey community and he's gone right you know and that's... and the day before the day before he played in Zach Ronaldo's charity hockey game so at least like he kind of went out doing something that he loved and that was smiling and, and Zach Ronaldo for, as a charity hockey it's a whole game, thing huh? it's a whole thing 
that's a whole thing but he got to he got to sign he got to sign autographs for kids and take pictures with them so and that's something that he really loved so. all those whole careers been charity hockey oh there you go uh yeah i don't have a flyers take but uh go get manny machado we need the <laughs> macho man let's do it clintac let's do it mcphail let's do it middleton manny machado in philly right now which i'll buy sport? tickets for the rest of the season which sport is this this is the baseball okay yeah the, the the dirt and grass sport. Yeah. <laughs> the grass sport, yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, let's start the show off with a little bit of house cleaning, I guess. We talked about Robert Haig and his restricted free agent uh, situation a little last week. He is now the only unsigned of the Flyers restricteds. Uh, they locked up Lear, Martell, and Goldborn, and Stolarz signed his qualifying offer this week. So those guys are all on board. What uh, do these? I mean, is Taylor Lear on this team? I guess we'll start there. Is like, does Taylor Lear have a role here? I can't imagine anyone I care less about than Taylor Lear. <laughs> um, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather him. There's Del Weiss. Don't forget he exists. I care more about him because he's actively bad. <laughs> Taylor we- Lear is just like a guy. So he's, Taylor he's no longer waiver exempt. So if they were to send him down, they'd have to expose him to the rest of the league. There's no way anyone claims I could, him, right? You know, I could, I could, I could see someone, someone claim claimed him. Mark Alt. We said, yeah. said the same thing about Mark Alt. You might and be, then he got yeah. a contract extension. Yeah, you, got a contract. <laughs> you might be able to sneak Lear through just because everybody is trying to sneak through Taylor Lear types at the end of camp. Yeah. But... I could see it's someone. I could see someone nabbing things, him. Like yeah, they if, just if, don't do it. yeah, if if somebody needs a, uh, you know, thinks he's a good fourth liner and they want to grab, it, I could see him getting nabbed. I don't. To me, I, I think, just feel like to me, I think he makes a team, but I think he's like the fourteenth fourth. Yeah, that's that's my thought. I just if you're oh god, 14, if you're making a way behind Dale Weiss. Oh, bomb. bomb. If, if you're making a waiver claim for Taylor Lear, that tells me you don't have a Taylor Lear in your system. <laughs> and like, yo, bro, really? Well, you, know, you know, all you need, though, is one scout in an organization to go to Baffert. I really hope like you're going to say all you need is love. Okay. But seriously, like all, all you need is one scout who, who liked this guy maybe when he was back in the WHL and has always had it in the back of his head. Mm-hmm. Like, if I have a chance of getting Taylor Lear on this team for nothing, I'm going to go to the GM and bang the tape and be like, I want this guy. Maybe he has an advocate like that somewhere in the league. I mean, I'm sure it's probably what happened with Mark Alt. Maybe he's got an uncle somewhere in the league. Who knows, you know? Who's to say? I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of teams that have nothing in, in the farm system. And this yeah. is this is a guy who's got some NHL time, Shows has shown that he can hang, may not score at the rate that you want him to, but he can hang in the NHL. There's teams that'll want that. Yeah, I mean, he can skate in this league, and that's the one thing everyone yeah. wants is guys who can skate. That's the, if you want to say anything about Taylor Lear, the kid can skate. Mm-hmm. So if you just need, oh, we need speed on our fourth line. Boom, there you go. So I get it. Uh, Donique Martel got a quick shot last year. Looked a little explosive. Looked like he had some spring in his step. Uh, hit a crossbar. Didn't put one in. Um he get a shot this year? There's so many names now. I don't I would think love so to because see he's him. small. I yeah. like him, but I feel like this team is not going to allow Johnny Gaudreau, number two, to come up through its ranks. They just are not into the little guys. No. Uh, like, I, I am glad that they retained him, 
but he's probably going to be an AHL guy. Yeah, and he's he's yeah. good organizational depth. I'm just thinking yeah. he's a good AHL player. And and maybe if a bunch of guys get hurt, he comes up. Like if a couple top six guys get hurt and they can slot him into you know line two with Voracek and Patrick, like boom, then he gets his two week chance to yeah. try to change opinions. But no, I don't think he has much of a shot of you know making the team or or being a guy like the only reason why he got called up was because the team literally could not score they goals it could not goal, win a game and he was shooting 30 yeah, percent so like AHL. ah, let's see what this guy's got yeah uh tyrell goldborn my favorite player in the organization he we never see him again right there's no way. I don't know. I can't. There's no way. As I mean, someone who loves him and would love to see it, there's no way. I never, if we I go never, on another 10-game skid and need that energy. <laughs> like, like now I we never had, thought like, we'd see him last year. Right? We saw him last year, exactly. so who knows? Now who we knows? have so many guys who are like knocking on the door. They weren't going to bring up Albe Kubel or Vorobiev or anyone last year. Now they're doing that, right? I <laughs> will lose my mind if Tyrell Goldborn plays a second in the NHL this season. Can you guys make another $20 bet? <laughs> no, because I don't believe in this one. We are right, exceptionally poor. <laughs> I don't believe in this one. Like there's I truly believe that some NHL GM out there looked at Brandon Manning and was like, yeah, definitely worth two mil. Like there's no way that Ron is sitting there like, yes, Tyrell, I need you in my lineup. With all of the things oh that God, they I have with everything they have over Goldborn, there's no I way. Mean, they had a lot of things over Goldborn last season. But now they yes. have guys who they think are probably ready, but there's no room for. Last year, it was like, all right, let's give Martell a shot because he's scoring a bunch of goals. He's scoring at an ungodly pace. Maybe he can just carry that over here for a week. You know, all right, we need a spark. We need that physical presence, blah, blah, blah. We'll give Goldborn a shot. Now it's, you know, we have guys we actually drafted who are going to do something at this level. You're not wrong. And I'd like to think that your Goldborn just doesn't have the offensive skill to to be above those guys but you just you wonder because so much of and not just the flyers like so much of every nhl team is about roles and goldborn fills a role that those guys you know maybe albie kubel does because he's got suspended a bunch of times so he's he's like an agitating bottom six or oh, two God. but like maybe you know goldborn's an energy guy and you never know if they happen to feel like they have a need for an energy guy maybe they call him up i, I, can't I don't know, wait. I, don't I, know. Hope, I hope to say him but it's not gonna happen <laughs> I really, like I really need it not to. Just because people will lose their shit and I love that. Like, you do. You yeah. do enjoy it. And like they brought him up because they needed his energy and then went on to play him less than five minutes in every game. There was one game I think he got one shift. Yeah, but that first shift was a doozy. It was. We talked about it last week. Something else, Charlie, you called this one last week. You're like, Stolars, he's just gonna sign his qualifying I did, offer. Yeah, yeah. Probably yeah, for eight hundred thousand. Signed his QO. 761k. Hey, nailed I it. it. <laughs> I, I guess he, I didn't know. He, yeah, he had no leg to stand on. Yeah, like what else was literally? He gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> Boom. No, I, what, what else was he gonna do? Like, I, I think the Flyers would have probably loved to have been able to sign him to an, an AHL only contract. But once you're in this position from a contract standpoint, like you've already got the qualifying offer, you might as well just sign the damn thing. Speaking of AHL only offers, I don't think we talk enough about how little these guys make. Yeah, it's something that I never think about, but it was when I was putting the stuff in the outline. It it kind of Maddie's article on Broad Street Hockey spelled out what these guys make in the NHL as part of these contracts versus what they make in the AHL, and it's uh, remarkably low. It, like what, what is, what is 
will make $65,000 in the AHL. There's not a zero at the end of that? Nope. Are you sure? I think that's what's on cap friendly. I think there's a lot of bonuses, right? I mean, there may be bonus money, but their salary is remarkably low. Like, they need... It it, it can be very low, They need Andrew McDonald down there to buy them dinners. Like, desperately. Some of these guys have, have like, minimum... Have, like, minimum salaries, so... I kind of knew that they didn't make a lot of money, but, I mean, like... You didn't realize it was that low? That's, like, me money. And I'm a poor... Well, I, well, here's the question. Do they still make more than minor league baseball players? Probably. Because Probably, minor league yeah. baseball players get, like, what, minimum wage? Yeah, yeah. they pretty much make, like, yeah. yeah, which is Aside absurd. from the ones that got drafted high and signed bonus contracts. But even them, it's just the bonus. Yeah, they minor get, they get salary, the bonus 65K. Yeah. yeah. That's wild, man. With no bonus. It says no signing bonus. Or anything. I mean, this could just be incomplete information because he just signed it the other day. But Martel, 65K. The AHL minimum salary is, well, it was in 2015, 42000 annually. That's huh? the minimum salary. That's the minimum. The AHL Imagine, yeah. like, you just need the call up. And you're like, oh, my God. Yes, please. I just got a 10, like, a 100% raise. Right. Or, like, a 10 no, times I'm, raise. Even if, yeah. even raise. if you're a goalie, like, let's say you... You're the goalie who gets the Haxel treatment where you get called up and then they start Brian Elliott for the month. Like, <laughs> hey, you still got way more money for that month for yeah, doing right? nothing. So, hey. Yeah, that's like the MLB equivalent of service time. You're like, I just need my days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just need my days so I can have a pension. That's it. I don't care if I never play. I just need my days. <laughs> yeah. So uh, everyone needs to have more respect for AHL regulars. Yeah. Like, and like, I... you know. And it's like it's a physically demanding job. They're gonna play, I think, seven or eight three uh, three games in yeah, three days. Yeah, they have those three games of three they nights. Have the Friday, like a they thing. have the Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday stretches where they play three and three. And like, yep. as much as it is a developmental league, still, uh, minor league hockey is a little bit of slap shot. And I'm not gonna tell you they tell these guys to fight, but you're supposed to put on a show. You know, this is an entertainment product, and if there aren't like you look at a guy like Brandon Manning puts up 215 penalty minutes in an AHL season. It's like, all right, yeah, he's a little bit physical, but uh, yeah, no, it's because this is what you have to do to get noticed in the AHL. Even still, it's it's not what it was. Like, there's not as many Frank Bialoises running around as there was when I was going to games. But this shit still happens. Yeah, but you got a guy like, for example, just going through the Phantoms roster. Like, I don't know. Greg Carey or something, who's never going to be an NHL regular. He's he just going to grind out in the AHL forever. Yeah, maybe making like you know a hundred grand a year, maybe. But that's like a so a hard living. That's your suddenly, that's your job. You yeah, know? it's I guess it's just any other it's a job, job. You know, yeah, yeah. I suddenly feel a lot less bad for Taylor Lear. There you go. Who would have been making seventy thousand dollars in the AHL, but just by sitting in the press box, he made eight hundred and six thousand hey last yo. year. Big money and got free pretzels. I yeah. swore that Lots there was another zero the on the end too, there. Right? Starburst. Oh, There's M and M's, peanut M and M's. Oh, peanut M and M's. Yeah, peanut M and M's are clutch. <laughs> Those are the best ones. <laughs> no, it, it's funny you bring up the three games and three nice things because, like, the more I think about that. Nuts. That's crazy. I get that like collective bargaining doesn't focus on minor league no. players, but like they really should fight to get that removed because that's not healthy. Nope. It's yeah. the only way that they get asses in those seats though, is for yeah. them to have weekend series. Like yeah. it's that's the only that's time the thing. you're going it, like, to win and a, a lot of those game. a lot of yeah. those three and threes are like, all right, we're in Allentown. Saturday we're in Hershey taking a bus up to Hershey, and Sunday we're back in Allentown and shit like that. Yeah. Like 
or going up to Lowell in on Sunday, like making an even further trip. Like that stuff happens, and it's more of. And I realize, like, listen, all of us here would like that's a that's a cushy job oh, compared yeah, to what bad. some of us yeah. do, other than Charlie, the millionaire over there. Shut um, up. <laughs> <laughs> you highfalutin sports journalists. Your private planes, the Your athletic peanut M&Ms. You I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> but, uh, Starbursts. It's it's a. I don't <laughs> think people consider it, you know, as rough as it might be for some of these guys. Yeah, I don't think people not saying can, they have it hard. Like they're not roofers in the summer, but like right. I don't think people consider how much ain't easy love of the game there is yeah. going on. Yeah, and I, th- and I think it's also fair to say because like the one thing I've always kind of you know. Obviously, concussions, CTEs, it's bad stuff. But kind of the way I look at it is, look, if if you, if you know the risks and you know you're you're fully aware of the risks of playing hockey before you go into a game and you end up dealing with that, like it sucks, but at least you were compensated very well for your career yeah. and you made the decision that that mattered to you more that playing in the game and making that kind of money mattered to you more than the possibility that you could be screwed up when you get older. But like if you spent a 10-year career in the AHL, and you come out of that with CTE, and you didn't make that much money. Like, that's scary, and it's not like the hits are you know less dangerous because it's like, minor league hockey. Being a hockey player, I have to assume your insurance rates are pretty high. <laughs> like, I would if, imagine. If well, if they're 60, Canadian, if, if they live in yeah. Canada, it doesn't matter. That's true. Fair point. If you're making sixty-five k though and working in the U.S., that's, that's a problem. Well, your yeah. employer probably pays pays for a lot of it. One would All assume. Right. So, and Hague again is the only unsigned RFA. I think um, I think that that gets resolved this week. You that's think my that's going to get done? I, I think it'll be pretty quick, but just because I I get the feeling that Hexall just kind of wants to be done. <laughs> <laughs> it's, does every Canadian have like a summer cabin house? Yes. Yeah, like, I do think they so. all just have summer? Yeah. Because there cabins? are only like a hundred Canadians. They have and a it's, cabin, <laughs> or like, someone they know has a cabin, and sometime around like July seventh, the entire country goes to the cabin. Yeah, like there's, I assume all Canadian towns are like, if you've Both ever, towns. yeah, if you've ever been on Broad Street on the Fourth of July, you're like. Is there is nobody the there. Like, that's what I assume Canada is. Like Toronto, there's 11 people. Yeah. Like it's like Green Bay during Packers games. You could rob every single house. <laughs> all right. There's so a lot of land in Canada. Not very many human beings is all I have to say. All right, so we're going to do something a little different uh, tonight. We're going to... We started to get into this a little bit last week, just kind of did a quick rundown because we, I think Steph brought up the point for the first time in a long time, while the Flyers only signed one guy, they dramatically improved by addition by subtraction. We assume the progression of the young players that we've all been talking about and bringing in a legitimate like top six potential 30 goal scorer in James Van Riemsdyk. The Flyers got better, whereas most of the teams in their division did not. And that's typically not the case the last few years under Ron Hextall. So we kind of want to run through the Metropolitan Division and just give you a little uh, just a little synopsis on how the off-seasons went uh, for each of these teams. And I guess we're going to start with the now soon-to-be defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. Wow, that's a sentence... I never thought I'd have. To I know. Say. What it's a time! Strange to say. It's it's, Charlie it's, told me I wouldn't. It's have almost to say as it. strange as hearing that the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl, it's which people almost, forget. Some people, people forget that forget it was that. forty-one to thirty-three, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, that was the score. <laughs> Nick Foles. Right, 
Yes. <laughs> Nick Foles caught a touchdown pass. In he game. sure did. All right, so we're going to start with the uh, Washington Capitals. I like this. Whoever put this together, good job. How their season end- ended. The Metropolitan Champs ran into some trouble early on with the Blue Jackets, but closed that series out after falling into an 0-2 hole and went on to win the first Stanley Cup in franchise history. Hooray! They made some, uh, I guess, the big loss. Trots leaves. They lose they, the coach. They, they, how do you win? I, we talked about this, I guess, on Ice Sport, but like, how? How do you win the first cup? I guess if you're ever going to make a move like that, like your fans are like, I don't care. We won the cup. But well, the, the team clearly doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. They're still drunk. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, There's that. They lose, uh, they lose Trops. Uh, trops. Trots. Uh, what else really happened with the Capitals this offseason? They lost Jay Beagle, which really isn't much of a loss at all. Charlie is a big anti I'm very anti-Jay Beagle. <laughs> really, really dislikes Jay But no, they, they brought back, they re-signed Carlson, John Carlson, so they didn't lose him. They brought back Michael Kempney, who was real good for them after they got him at the, around the trade deadlines. He kind of like solidified their, their defense. He's back. I like John Carlson. I think he's a good defenseman. Is he... He's they not pay that him good. Too much. He's, yeah, he's not he's like not that good. Yeah, he's good. I like him. He's fine. Yeah, good defense. You know, he's a top pair D man, no doubt. But is he like top pair? Like, do you pay him no. the way you pay Duncan Keith in his prime? No, no, right. They, see, they were stuck though because he scored so many damn points yeah. last year. And one of the big reasons why he scores so many damn points is because he happens to be on a power play with Alex Ovechkin and Nicholas Backstrom. Yeah, that's like that's it, how it that helps. Works. You get a lot of assists with those guys on you, the power. You play. tend to, I would say. All right, so Ton Reardon uh, replaces Trotz behind the bench. Uh, they lose Jay Beagle. Do they really lose much else? I'm trying to. No, no, no. So I don't think they brought it. They, they even brought back Smith Pelly. Oh right, the, yeah, we talked about that a bit. Yeah. Was that on Ice Sport? I don't remember, but yeah, probably Devonte Smith Pelly come back. So the Stanley Cup champs, minus their coach, kind of come back, kind of come back in in intact yep. but nobody really thought that they were good enough to win the cup last year until they just happened to get on that run like i said they almost get upset after winning the division going out there and then oh man they're down 0-2 to the to the blue jackets okay but they come back and to their credit win the cup yep. so i guess they didn't get better which I our contention is the Flyers got better and the other teams in the division didn't. They won the cup, but I can't say they improved themselves in any way. No, and and it's always it's always tricky first year with a new coach, even though he was already in the system. He already you know had a had a what was he the power play coach? I don't remember. He he was an assistant coach. Yeah, he was. I, I want to say he was the AHL coach, but I could be wrong. Oh, he, I think he was. I thought he was in the NHL. No, you guys are probably right. You guys are probably right. So either way, he's a new coach. It takes a while. It takes a little while to adjust, and who? I don't know. I don't know how much of a of a impact that'll have on the team. Maybe it'll be nothing. Maybe they'll look lost in the first half of the season. I just don't see them being a a Pittsburgh or a Chicago. Like I think this was a one off. I mean, we talked a lot last year about how the Flyers, even though they didn't improve in the offseason last year too much we're in good shape because the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins were on the downswing and we were on the upswing and I don't really think that's changed I mean it feels stupid to say it because they just won a cup but I I feel like that cup win was a lot of things going right um not exactly them just dominating their way to a cup like I don't think that we're looking at some kind of dynasty here like a lot of things that have to go perfectly right again 
for them to get back there. I'm I'm interested to see how they deal with, you know, once they beat Pittsburgh, it, it seemed like a different team. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, they're no longer the chokers. They are no yeah. longer the team that can't get by Crosby. They seemed like a freer team, and their, their Stanley Cup celebration has, you know, like we keep joking, extended all the way. It's, it's going it's right now. Yeah, uh, it's still happening. Like, I, I'm interested it's to see how they right deal now. with this. If they yeah. go, okay, we did it. We can keep doing it. Or if it's, ah, we did it. We're done. I think it, it yeah. can go one of one of two ways. I think that'll be one of the more interesting uh, interesting stories of this season. I just, you know, they've been even without the cups, they've been a powerhouse for consecutive like five consecutive seasons. I don't see that going away. Yeah, what's interesting about the Caps is that like I this was the reason why I told you I didn't think they were going to win the cup or then that they could win the cup is because they're they didn't drive play at all during the regular season. Interestingly enough, though, in the playoffs, they started to. So the question is, like, what is the real Capitals? Is the real Capitals the team that was legitimately good from a structural standpoint in the playoffs? Or is it the team in the regular season that was significantly top-heavy to the point where, like, their bottom six was kind of trash, and their you know their, the top half of their defense was really good, but the bottom half of the defense wasn't? I don't know, and Holpe didn't have that great of a year. Again, he had a great playoff, but mm. you don't know. There's a lot of things there. I, I imagine they'll be good, but I, I agree with Kelly in that I don't. I don't view them as this this juggernaut type team. They're going to be a good team. They're going to make the playoffs, but they don't scare me I as like much this, as the Cup winning team usually would. I like this one note you have here. Don't forget that Tom Wilson plays on their first line <laughs> because they don't have anyone better. That's yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. I actually, <laughs> I actually do like that strategy. If you don't have anyone better, put that guy there. He's playing with Ovechkin. It'll be fine. Make the rest of your team a little deeper because him on the third line is just a guy running people. Yeah. Him on the first line, he's crashing the net, hoping to yeah. get Ovechkin's rebounds, and then you have maybe a first liner on your second line and a second liner in your third line. I don't think it's the worst strategy. It worked It's just for Tom Wilson. It worked. It worked, but I do enjoy that it drives people so nuts because Tom Wilson's Tom Wilson. Indeed. I want to I want to use Dale Weiss in that role. For oh boy, he has to be on the team. He doesn't. Tom Wilson, <laughs> as much as this yes, kills me, Tom, Tom Wilson, Wilson is, is significantly is, better yes, than Dale he Weiss. Is, he is quite a bit better than Dale Weiss, without a doubt. Are you done talking about Dale Weiss? I am. Maybe. <laughs> Let's move on to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, how their season ended. After winning the Cup in 16 and 17, Pittsburgh's summer started early with a round two exit at the hands of eventual Stanley Cup winners, the Washington Capitals. Uh, I guess this drove them insane enough <laughs> to sign Jack Johnson to a fucking five-year contract. You know, that makes yeah, that me was really weird. happy. Sydney needed his friends. I just... What? Look. Like, was He's someone... good friends with Andrew McDonald too. Just saying. He needs he needs another friend. Was there someone out there who was going to give Jack Johnson four years, and they're like, "No, we have to have him." <laughs> like, how do you give this guy? I know we harp on it a lot, and I'm sure he's a good guy. Whatever. Like, he stinks. He is he's not 31 good. too. Yeah, you gave a 31 year old slow guy a five year well, deal. He's a good skater. I will give him that. He's a good skater. Jack Johnson is one of those super curious players to me who, for like a brief moment, in like his first and second season in the league, had so much promise and was such this like archetype of an American hockey player, and for some reason that 
image and potential has been seared into the mind of every hockey man and they will not let it go despite the fact that all of the evidence for his entire career has pointed to the fact that he's not very good like i i assume his like his agent goes into these negotiations and just like hands over a bunch of like john tortorella saying nice things about him (laughs) is what it's like an american flag yeah dressed up as george hey played the olympics that one like prints out some tweets like these people like him and then they say that his parents stole his money please help him yeah and that's the thing i'm glad he got the money oh yeah and i'm i'm happy pittsburgh's giving it to him it's a match match made in heaven it's a bad contract could not be happier with how this turned out it's a guy who needed the money on a bad contract from a team i hate so it really i'm i'm pleased with it but oh, it was great how do you like how do you adjust it like and granted i'm i'm a fan of a team that gave andrew mcdonald 30 million dollars like i get it this stuff can happen but you're pittsburgh you won you, you've won three cups this decade like how do you i i i'm just baffled yeah it was weird it was just a weird signing and like it's probably not going to hurt them that much because he's going to be he's going to be on their third pair. So he basically replaces Matt Hunwick. I don't think he's going to be measurably better or worse than Matt Hunwick. I just don't think he's going to be the upgrade that they're hoping he's going to be. So like Pittsburgh's top pair is still Dumoulin and Latang, and then it's what Mata Schultz, and their third pair is probably going to be uh, Johnson and Alexiak. So you've got a good first pair, a good second pair, and then a whatever third pair. I just don't know, like, they could have used that money smarter. The money they spent on Johnson, they could have used it more intelligently. That's I think. the thing is, I was, I was, I on, love that they didn't. I was on Cap Friendly today, and I see they've got like 715,000 in cap space. I'm like, so you're right up against the cap, and your only decision was, yep, gotta give Jack Johnson all this. Like, <laughs> granted, his, his average annual value isn't high, but you're gonna have to buy him out. You know, even if it's a even if it's a, a compliance buyout after the next lockout, which is going to happen, like you're going to have to use it on this guy rather than one of your other thirty plus year olds. Yeah. that you have that you're you know stocked with. And then they granted some of yeah. them are superstars, but yeah. one of them is probably going to be bad by two years from now. You would well, we'll say not but, Malkin or Crosby, but yeah, but maybe one of the, maybe other, one of the other guys. Yeah, because again, the the interesting thing about the Penguins, Kelly sort of hinted at it earlier, was that. You know, we kind of look at them as a team that maybe is on the down because their their best players are past their primes. That doesn't mean they're they're bad, but like Sidney Crosby is still a great player. Sidney Crosby is not as good as he was four years ago, talent wise. Like he's still great, but now he's like top five rather than obviously Clear the number one, one yeah. best player in hockey. So these guys are getting a bit worse, and they have a lot of guys. Like their their entire core basically is 30 and above. You, Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Hornquist, Latang, even Broussard is their third line up. center. And like, they're all locked up. So, you know, if they if all those guys start gradually declining, it makes the team not as good. Or getting hurt. Or getting hurt. So That's the, thing, is the question is if they all stay if they yeah. all stay good, this is a really good team. If they start progressively getting worse, then they're going to stay good. They just may not be great anymore. Like Malkin is incredible, but he misses games every year now. Yeah, like it's a thing that happens. And, and like you look at his points per game, you go, "Oh wow, yeah, he's dominant when he's in there." But he misses time. And one thing I always say: guys who get hurt all the time get hurt all the time. Yeah. You the do one- say that. 
You do. I, it's that's kind of your thing. It's the actually. one thing I've learned watching sports. It's the only known. Wrong. It's the only known fact about sports. Guys who are hurt all the time get hurt all the time. To me, the most interesting thing that the Penguins have to face this year is just how good is Matt Murray. Because he obviously okay. started out his career great. Last year was not very good. Mm-hmm. So what is he? Is he the guy who took the league by storm and won two straight cups in his first two playoff runs? Or is he the guy somewhere in between that and what he was last year? Because, you know, he was a revelation for them. And he's coming off a real down year. And you always had the flurry parachute. It yeah. was always, yeah. hey, if this doesn't work, we can go to Mark Andre. Well, well, he was just the best player like in the league last year. So, yeah, it's, I've got uh, a giant extension. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that on Iceport. You should subscribe if you don't. Thanks. All right. So if you haven't noticed, we are, I guess, going in order of the standings and the third place team, yours, mine and our Philadelphia Flyers. And aside from Tavares, you know, biggest free agent fish out there was Toronto's JVR. Flyers landed him. Uh, I think I've hinted at like my lack of excitement initially uh, about the JVR signing because he's a guy we've had before. Like, there's no oh, they got this new toy. Like, it's a toy I've already played with. Granted, it's way better. Like, this is an upgraded version. You know, this is not the original iPhone. It's the brand new one. And you already uh, have Buzz Lightyear. Now you got yeah. Buzz Lightyear with the utility. Exactly. Belt. Yeah. <laughs> But they landed they landed one of the the biggest names that hit the market this offseason and it's not something they've it's something they really act, actively tried to avoid the last couple of years. This year like I kept telling Ron, show me you love me. He showed us he he loves us and I think we're all maybe not a huge standings improvement because they did pretty well in the standings when you you know, you look at it and go, "Oh, they had like 14 overtime losses." All right. But Points-wise, they're right there with everybody. I think we're looking for just a better on-ice product this year, even if it's, hey, you look at the division, they're going to finish third, but they're a better team than they were last year. Yeah, I don't think there's any arguing that this team improved. It should be better. Yeah, like there's no reason that it shouldn't be better unless they completely fuck it up, which they could. Oh, yeah, I mean... But hopefully they won't. Never underestimate the Flyers' ability to fuck something up. Yeah, we're in Never. positivity mo- mode still. See, I th- are we though? I mean, a little bit. relatively speaking, yeah. I think what's neat about this year for the Flyers, and we're obviously going to talk about this way more over the next few months. But <laughs> there, to me, there is a not totally ridiculous path for them actually being really good. Mm-hmm. I like. I don't think it's necessarily likely, but if a couple things happen. This team could be really good with the only clear flaw, I guess the two clear flaws being goaltending and the penalty kill. Yeah. But you look at it like they have a great top pair. They have enough young guys on defense that you could, if if Sanheim takes the jump we're hoping he, he can, there's your second pair. Now you've got two good pairs. You you got already got a great top six on paper. Let's say one of the rookies makes the team out of camp. Then you've got a third line that's good. And then you can roll a fourth line of Lawton, Wheel, and Raffle. That's a really, really good fourth line. Like Then you're looking at a roster that on paper can pretty much compete with anyone in the conference that's not Toronto or Tampa. That's I have three question marks heading it like and again it's July whatever today is the 16th. Um I have three big question marks and they're all kind of tied together because it's individual performance slash what the coach does. First one as you mentioned goaltend. 
It's a That's question. very legitimate. I don't know what we're going to get out of Brian Elliott because he came back hurt last year. wasn't what he was in the you know prior to the injury, but he was decent enough before the injury. Uh, not sure what we're going to get there. Neuvert is the backup. Who knows who's going to replace Neuvert when he inevitably gets hurt? We'll see if it's Alex Lyon or Anthony Stolarz or whoever. We'll see about all that. Second question mark: Sanheim. How good is he? Let's see. And does the coach use him? And of course, the third. The coach himself does he yeah. utilize? Like, is Michael Raffle your first line right winger to start this year? If so, yeah, I already hate the coach. Like, it's I'm trying to start. That with is a, not the thing to hate Dave Haxtell about. If it's, mm. I'm just saying overall utilization. If it's, yeah. if we like, if on day one it's like we're starting with this optimization bullshit already, like yeah. already on day one. And I know Charlie last week told me not to get too crazy about fucking fantasy scenarios that are months away from playing out. But that's the question mark I have: is 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 the coach going to play these games with starting the goalie for a whole month? Is a second pair defenseman going to be used like a second pair defenseman? Is the first line right winger going to be used like a first line right winger? Like. Those are the question marks. I mean, we talk we talk about the Flyers every week. Yeah. So this how we feel about how they're going into the season is not a surprise. Like no. it shouldn't be it shouldn't be news to anybody and we are going to rehash the same conversations over and over again until the season starts and then as the season continues. And we're just going to keep talking about. It. And yeah. and that's just how it goes. This is what we do. Um but if the Flyers are not better going into the season, there is a serious serious problem and it's behind the bench. You would think this personnel, the group they've put together, if there isn't an improvement, the fault has to lie, as Steph said, behind the back. I think there's an expectation that this team should it should do one of two things. Either should take should be significantly better in the regular season, like easily clear 100 points, or win a playoff round. Like, I think the one of... Okay. Because... You know, if if they finish with 104, 105 points and then lose seven games to the Penguins, like I'm not gonna, it would suck. No, yeah, such but like, light. but it happens. Yeah. But if they repeat their point total from last year and then go out in the first round again, then yeah, they don't look particularly good. Yeah, in the then there's then there's a problem, yeah. and you know we'll have to see how it plays out to see what I would view that problem to be. But I think it's fair, and, and I'm not even just saying Hackstall. Like this is the coaching staff. As oh, absolutely, a whole. yeah. I wanted to all of them, and yes. not just not just Dave. Like we've been talking about the penalty kill since the start of the show. Yeah. Penalty kills ranked 29th again. Like not good. Uh, yeah, th- this team is exactly what it was because even though last year they did a decent job of staying disciplined and not taking a bunch of penalties, they still allowed as many you know power play goals against as anybody because they got scored on every freaking game. It was like, oh yeah, we took, we only took two penalties tonight. They were fifty percent on the on the power play. <laughs> like, okay, you know, you lost because of it. Columbus, the good old BJ's. Um, I just really hate Columbus. I don't Do know you? what it is. You're a Columbus hater. They just like, <sighs> I, li- I like no, Columbus. I get it. They're ugly. I don't like them either, and I don't know why. It's part of its exist- Tortorella. I find their existence annoying. They stole Bobrovsky from us. Yeah. Well, that, was jerseys, our, that was our own stupidity. Their jerseys are that ugly. Their arena's ugly. I could do without that cannon, to be honest with you. The cannon is I, the least I of my worries. I kind of like the cannon. I like, like I, I think it's like my, it's minor league fun, name. fun. Yarmo. I, just, <laughs> I, I, I like the Blue Jackets. As, as much as I can like another Metro team, I like the Blue Jackets. They just bother me. Like, I'm like why are you there? Yeah, go away. Columbus, go Ohio. Away. Yeah. You don't even Nobody play. Ohio. You don't even play in freaking Cleveland. Well, yeah. well, you, you know who doesn't seem to like Columbus, Ohio? Artemi Panarin. 
<laughs> he does not. How is I'm like, home, Artemis. There are so many like storylines we set we expected to see play out, and this is like a bit tangential, but with with Panarin and like Eric Carlson, like what is happening with these guys? Nothing. It's just like, oh yeah, this is a big story. It ain't going nowhere. Well, Carlson, I think, is going to get moved at some. Uh, Panarin, I think, the it's Blue Jackets July. are just going to hold. Yeah, the Blue Jackets to me are a fascinating team because. As much as any team in hockey, I feel like their range of outcomes is is it's it's so they they could be really freaking good because you look at that roster like we say you know got to have you know high end forward talent you got to have strong defensemen top pair defense you got to have a great goal they have all that like they have one of the best wingers in hockey in Panarin they have a couple other legitimately very good forwards a couple other young forwards that are getting better they got Dubois um, and then you got defense they have one of the best defensive pairings in hockey in Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski, and they have Bobrovsky, one of the best goalies. Like This team could be a cup contender. At the same time, if Panarin just is like, sorry, I'm not resigning, maybe that team falls apart from within because your star player doesn't want to be there. Maybe they trade him at the deadline and the team doesn't even make the playoffs. I, I, I have a really hard time calling them a cup contender while simultaneously saying Washington probably isn't. Oh, I think Washington is a borderline contender. Sure, they could win it again. They're good enough I mean, that they the could Blue win it Jackets again. I mean, the Blue Jackets have won one playoff series ever? Yeah, I mean, the Capitals hadn't made it past the second round until last year. Sure, a... but they, but that's... No, they had made it past the second round. They okay, had well, never won a cup. Okay, well, not not in the Ovechkin era. Right, I'll, yeah, I'm I will saying rephrase. ever. The Columbus Blue Jackets have won one playoff series ever. Yeah, until they do. Yeah, I have a question for you because I, I struggle with this one because I always say how I, you know, w- we screwed up the Bobrovsky thing so bad, you know. Career record, 5-14 and 14 with an 891 save percentage in the playoffs. At a certain point, he is a bad playoff performer. Like, I know, I understand the, I understand the, uh, the sample size issues and look at his career numbers. They're very good. But at a certain point, you need the guy to perform in the playoffs, and he has not. And now I don't believe you have the same argument you used to. It used to, Well, I mean, he drug him there. Like, they didn't belong, and he got him there. But now, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe. pretty good. Maybe. It's so, look, I'm never going to be the one to say that a guy – chokes in the playoffs because I just think the samples are too small but I'm sure there are players who if you gave them a very large sample they would perform dramatically worse in the playoffs I just don't think you can separate the guys who actually are like that from the guys who just happen to have a couple bad games maybe maybe he's a guy who wills under the pressure There's I don't a know 30 point difference between his career save percentage in the regular season and postseason that's, that's a bad. lot like that is that is a marked difference to me. That's not just some bounces didn't go his way. Yeah, you know, like I I just I go back to the point where it's like, look, a, a team is bad in the playoffs until they're not. A player is bad oh, in the playoffs until he's not. Like I am, I I pine for Bob. I you know <laughs> that was a, that was a huge mistake. But looking at it, like what has he? Sure, Vezina trophies are awesome, but Stanley Cups are a lot more awesome. And when you're that good, you need to have the playoff success, and he has not. Yeah, at you're all. not wrong to be considered one of the best goalies. You need to be like. Not Vezina winning, Con Smythe winning. Yeah, that's what makes you 
you're the man. You're going to the Hall of Fame. And that's not him, despite the regular season success. Yeah, maybe he'll get there. Maybe he won't. Look, maybe I'm irrationally high on the Blue Jackets. I just, I like a lot of their players. I think they're a deep team. Maybe their defense behind you know beyond the top two could be better but I think they're off and they have a balanced offense they can roll four lines and they got the goaltending I don't know I I they're a team that I that maybe I'm a little bit higher on than the consensus but I think they're borderline cup contender as long as they don't collapse because of this Panarin thing which I think could happen oh absolutely and I think when you say they have Stanley Cup contender potential that's weighing in the fact that a lot of room in what could actually yeah, happen. Like yeah. Top to bottom, it could go either way with them. A team that we've been calling on paper good for a while. Everyone's favorite subject, the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, we're jumping, mm. jumping the Devils? Oh, did we jump the Devils? We jumped the Devils. Oh, I forgot all about the Devils, just like everyone else in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the- please allow me to be the first person to say, fuck the Devils. Hey, yo. <laughs> yes, I agree with this. New Jersey, born, so North Jersey, born and bred. Stephalicious D hates the devil. I hate the devils. I hate the devils. And there's a very simple and personal reason. So they lost to uh, they lost to Tampa in the first round. They had a bit of a surprising season considering they had the first overall Was it pick. surprising? Not to Stephanie. Thank you. I thought they were better than a lot of people, but to be as <laughs> I didn't necessarily think they were a definite playoff team considering they had the first pick. Uh, granted, they moved up to get it much like the Flyers did, just not as dramatically. Um I don't know. I liked some of their moves last offseason. Of course, they went out and got Taylor Hall the year before. I loved the uh, the Will Butcher signing. I thought that was really underrated when it happened. But I don't know. Like, what what do you see the Devils as? Um, I think that they're another bubble playoff team. Yeah. I, I don't think that they're a sure playoff team. But they, you know, they also didn't get better this offseason. They didn't get worse. They they still have Taylor Hall and Nico Heischer, but. I, I don't I don't think that they got better. Yeah, they just didn't do anything in this offseason. That was weird to me. I, I we I think we talked about this on Iceboard. I expected them to be aggressive in the offseason and maybe they tried to be, but players just didn't want to sign with them for whatever reason because they're the devils and they play in Newark. Yeah, like they they could get better. And I'm I'm still not a I, I'm I'm not sold on this team at all, but they could get better if all those kids get better. Like if he sure takes the jump to being a superstar, which he could, he's very, very good. If Zaka progresses, if uh, with Miles Wood and uh, Jesper Brad, if they get better, if Will Butcher is given a bigger role and excels, in them, they could improve just by those kids getting better. I'm just not super high on any of the kids that aren't named Nico Heischer. But that's me. Like, I just don't think their kids are that good. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong. Maybe they're better than I think they are. The, the, I guess it wasn't overly surprising. He has been declining a little the last few years. But still, 2016-17, he made 59 starts. His numbers weren't, weren't what they usually are. But 59 starts is a ton. Corey Schneider, only 40 starts last year and a 907 save percentage. He was bad. Goals against near three. 32 now. I guess it's just... He was real good for a while, and it's it's just surprising when the Devils don't get great goaltending. Goalies never make any sense. Yeah, they're they don't. Weird. They're really? good until they're not. Yeah, carry Price, and then they're bad until they're not. It's just it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Snyder could bounce back. Yeah, could. it's I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. It's actually kind of crazy that they had such a good year considering how poor mm-hmm. Snyder was. 
that you would think, you know, if the Devils, if the Devils were going to have a surprising year, it was going to be because of the goaltending. Yeah, they, Schneider they, had like a Vancouver. Yeah, they year. didn't really get it, and they were still pretty good. So yeah, if, if, if Schneider bounces back, then maybe they, you know, they stay in it. I don't know. They're, to me, they're just a very uninspiring team beyond beyond Hall and Heischer. But I was wrong on them last year, so maybe I'm wrong on them this year too. All right, now everybody's favorite team, the Carolina Hurricanes. Hey, yo. They got better, huh? <laughs> uh, they did. They made some moves, huh? They always seem to get better, and then yeah. <laughs> it never be actually honest, happens. I'm super interested to see how Rod Brindamore does as a coach. Me too. I love Rod the Buck. Me too. Great hair. Good man. Yeah. What's interesting to me about that is that he coached their power play, and their power play was not very good. But it seems like everyone around that team still thinks he's going to be a great head coach, so I guess we'll see. So they, they went out and got Scott Darling last year, and that was supposed to kind of be, all right, we're 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 doing this thing, and the goaltending was really bad. I, I just assume Again. Yeah. <laughs> and that it's been an issue for them, and it's kind of held them back because they've been, as we've as we've hinted at, like, you know, the statistical darlings. It's like, oh, yeah, well, our goalies just let in an inordinate number of shots, so our advantage disappears in that in, in that area. That was supposed to clear it up last year. Did not. Do the, does the trade with Carolina kind of put them over the top and put them, you think, into the playoffs? Their, de- their defense should be really good, especially if they don't trade Justin Falk, which... Like, I think the assumption was that they were going to, but we're now in mid-July and he's still on the team, so maybe they're just going to keep him. But their defense could be fantastic. Like, I'm a big Jacob Slavin fan. Brett Pesci's good. Dougie Hamilton, I think, is great. Um, who's the other guy? I forget. Oh, they, they signed Calvin DeHaan. DeHaan, yeah. And then, and then they have that. Justin Falk. So there's your top five. Like, that's a top five that is really, in my mind, as good as pretty much any defense in the league not Deep, named the yeah. Nashville Predators. Like, it's a good defense. They also brought in Peter Mrazek. Oh, yeah. He's going to be bad. Like, it's, <laughs> like, that's just how it is. Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of questions about this team. If they're actually going to trade Jeff Skinner, if they don't. Yeah. Um, they could be good. They could also be really bad. This, I guess making the move they did with Calgary and also bringing in Calvin DeHaan, unless it's a hockey trade, do you move? Like... How do you justify making those moves? Like, yeah, we went out and got Dougie Hamilton, and we then got rid of Jeff Skinner. It doesn't seem to make sense unless you improve something else with that. Like, it's not – I think everyone assumed it was going to be, yeah, we're just going to kind of move Skinner, move Falk, and get futures and stuff. But unless it's a hockey trade now, it doesn't make any sense. No. Is Jeff Skinner unhappy there or something? Like, I don't... I don't think they're going to re-sign him when his contract expires. So I think the idea is get something something for him. I think the Falk is the same deal. But I don't know... Yeah, Caroline, every year you look at them and you say they, they should do it, but it's all going to come down to goaltending. And I think we're all in agreement that Morozik is probably not going to bounce back, so it's just going to boil down to Darling. It's going to boil down to whether he... And apparently he's been... From what I've read, he's been attacking like off-season workouts. He came in to camp last year like surprisingly out of shape, and they didn't realize he was out of shape because they'd never seen him before. Mm-hmm. They found it like halfway through the year like how out of shape he was in comparison to past seasons. <laughs> so this year, like he went crazy with his workouts. So if he bounces back and they finally get even just league average goaltending, that's this is a playoff team. But I don't know if they will because I don't trust Mrazek, so it's going to come down to Darling. 
who's never been a who's never been a successful starter in the NHL. Good old Peter. Oh my God. Now I I've totally forgot he signed there, and um, I'm rooting against them actively. Carolina. Sorry, uh, I just hate them now because they have Peter Morazic, who made <laughs> me look actively stupid last year. <laughs> right, let's run through these last couple. That was my favorite, by the, the way. The New York Islanders. My God. Yeah, they yeah. Uh, they're going to be a bottom bottom dwelling team. They're doing some stuff. They have to they have to be losing on purpose, or I Lou mean, doesn't know what he's doing. Well, I both. I mean, Ross Johnston, five four or five years, which was, it was. Matt Barzell is very good. He's quite good. He's very good. He is not nice going to be. Hair yeah, they have some very nice head of hair, but he is not going to be good enough to Ew. to bring this team out of last. He of is the not Connor McDavid. No, they have some good youngsters, but they also have some guys in the last years of deals who like aren't going to stay there. If they do, they're goddamn stupid. So you got to believe they're going to be selling at the deadline again. Like this could be like, I feel like the Islanders have potential to have a. Um, a Colorado-esque, like what they did two years ago. Like, yeah. oh man, yeah, they're the worst team since the Thrashers in 99. Could be. Like, I, I think there's a real possibility for that. Uh, maybe. I mean, their defense was pretty god-awful last year, and it got worse. So there's that. Obviously, they lost to Vars. Yeah, they, they basically need Matt Barzell. I, I wrote in the outline. They need Matt Bar- Barzell to do a Taylor Hall, and then they need the rest of the roster to be like Vegas Part 2. Mm-hmm. And that's probably pretty unlikely. Probably not going to happen. Nope. Finally... The team that plays at a train station, the New York Rangers. They do. They do. Lundquist is still there. Nobody else is. Uh, <laughs> it's just Lundquist and some it's guys above a train station. Yeah, it's in. I mean, Madison Square Garden is not a train station. A fucking dump. Number one, it is a dump. But like train station. You're you're very much downplaying Madison Square Garden. I'm sorry. It's not Madison like Square Garden there. unless the hardwood's down and Spike Lee is there. Otherwise, <laughs> it's a train station. Uh, okay. It's not. Although I haven't been there since they did the renovations, so I don't know if it's any better. The it, renovations were like, can we get the Rangers out of here? They're a goddamn <laughs> disgrace. The Rangers are a goddamn disgrace. Um and they should be they should be second to the last in the metro. I think I, I can't imagine that there are going to be any good this season. Um, yes, Longquist is still there. Rangers yes, are going to get he's Jack still Hughes, very good. They? God, please no. It'll be the Islanders. At least they were smart enough to fire their dumb, stupid coach that sucked. <laughs> yeah, they finally did fire Vigneault. That happened, and they hired that guy Years from Boston later. University. So yeah. All right, we're not going to get to this Bork article. So. Before we move on, I feel like I should point out just for journalistic integrity that these little recaps of each of the Metro teams came from the Columbus Dispatch. Ah, okay. Oh, nice. Cool. Thank I did you, not Columbus read. We Dispatch. didn't read them. Well, I read, Bill, Bill read, I, some. I read some. I read yeah. some excerpts here. Um, oh, plagiarism. Have some. Form some of your own opinions, man. Was, I didn't do it. It was plagiarism until I made a citation, yeah. and now we're fine. There was a footnote <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Boom. Uh, we're not going to get to this Bork article. There's always next week, fam. Yeah, but nobody here thinks they should move Giroux back to center, right? No. Not not unless things go horribly wrong, then you do that to maybe try to fix some shit. But if everything is working like it was last season, why would you mess with that? Well, I generally agree. I generally agree because he had a, a career season. Sean Couturier had a career season. But I don't think that it's the worst idea in the world to talk about it. I think it's dumb to talk about it now. Yeah. If they start the season slow, maybe you think, okay, maybe we can shift some things around, see if we can get the team going. Okay, let's have the conversation then. 
But right now, there's no reason to have this conversation about moving. I mean, I know back to his last couple years at center, I saw a player who I believe to be in steep decline, and then he moved to left wing and should have been the MVP of the league. To be fair, I don't think that the position change was the primary reason for that. I think it was primarily that he was healthy and then playing with Couturier helped. That's, I believe, the it pairing with Sean Couturier and Couturier sure. yeah. getting to do the heavy lifting that yeah. he's good at and then saying, oh, look, Giroux, you guys can play off each other and you do things, you know, it's like I just think the whole combination of those two together, which includes Giroux wing because Couturier, the better two-way player at this point, yeah. like it all worked together to create a guy who should have been league MVP we or at least a yeah. nominee. We got a few more weeks of nothing happening to yeah. do dramatic readings of John Bork. So we'll get into that, and we'll get into some development camp. We'll eventually get to my rivalries idea where we talk about the teams and players we just hate for no reason or some reason. We'll f- we'll get to the I bottom. Mean, just do it on a week Except that I'm Tampa. not here. We'll just get to the bottom of all of it. You're not allowed to take days off. I'm sorry. That <laughs> is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. My name is Bill Matz For Charlie, for Kelly, for Steph, have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about Hey guys, this is John Stolness from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk, looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. Make sure you are subscribed to The Good Fight podcast feed.